Welcome to the Just Off Glenn podcast with your host, Christy Alexander, where we talk to the movers, shakers, and change makers. Just Off Glenn. Hi, listeners. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Just Off Glenn podcast. I am your host, Christy Alexander, owner of WorkSmart Coworking and Meeting Space in downtown Glens Falls. If you're finding that work from home life is full of distractions and that's keeping you from reaching your full potential, come surround yourself with high performers in our professional workspace. Begin reaching your goals today. My guest for today's episode is Kim Cook. Kim is the president and CEO of the Open Door Mission here in Glens Falls. Welcome, Kim. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Of course. My pleasure. Um, I'd love to have you tell listeners a little about yourself and how you uh, came to be involved in the mission and uh, maybe even a little of the mission's history in there. Yeah, well, I've lived in uh, Glens Falls all my married life, over 30 years, and, uh, you know, I've always been a part of the community, but around probably nine, ten years ago, I started to really be looking at how I could get involved in helping people uh, who were in need, and Open Door at that time was trying to find a new spot. They were on South Street and uh, looking for a new building, and they were in the news, and I started to get involved and somehow ended up here in this <laughs> seat, and um, it's it's been a wild path since then. But, sure. But Open Door started in 1991, actually in the OTB parking lot on South Street, okay. serving meals out of a motorhome, and then they kind of borrowed space for a little while here and there and uh, ended up renting space, leasing space on South Street for a while. And that's where a lot of people know them, uh, that South Street location. And uh, and then they moved to 47 Lawrence Street, and now we're at 226 Warren. Right, in a much larger space and undergoing an expansion, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, whose brainchild was the Open Door Mission. Was it a church, an organization, or an individual? My understanding is it was a group of community people who got together and felt that there was a need for a homeless shelter here in Glens Falls. They saw that there was a need, and they started to try to figure out how to fix it. And it was just easier, I think, to start with meals and start by feeding people who were hungry. Uh And, you know, until about seven, eight years ago, that was what we did. And, okay. and then when I came in, we started to, you know, we joined a, an association where we learned about other rescue missions and what they did and learned the pieces where we could put together what we needed to do here in Glens Falls to fit the need. I love that you um, looked externally, it, not just externally of the mission, the organization, but also um, externally of the community and uh, you were able to look at, you know, whatever, what, what other organizations are doing and how they're meeting needs. And then you had the option to take a little bit of what you felt would work here. Um, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Everywhere I go, I see missions. I, I see one and I'll, I'll call and see if I can come in for a tour. And I bring back pictures and ideas and, and we talk about it and go, you know, I think this might work here in Glens Falls. Everything isn't cookie cutter. 
it it depends on the community. And, sure. And I think we've found some things that really work here in Glens Falls. So tell us about that. So like maybe a, a day in the life of the Open Door Mission. Oh, there are a lot of people in and out our door at Open Door. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have the soup kitchen and we're feeding meals. Uh, there are six lunches and two dinners a week, and then there's other places in the community people can get meals as well. Okay. So we've got the community coming in. We're feeding three meals a day to our shelter residents. Um, there's a men's and a women's shelter. Um, okay. And small right now, but we're expanding that. And then we have a food pantry that's open four times a week, and it's run mostly by volunteers, and it looks like a little grocery store. Um, we just really wanted to bring dignity to the process of people having to ask for help. Okay. And so instead of just giving someone a box, they get a cart and they shop our aisles in the food pantry. We have a clothing pantry as well where people can uh, get clothes, mostly for our shelter residents. And uh, we it's overfilled. So no, we're not taking clothing <laughs> right now, <laughs> um, except certain certain needed items. Uh, We have a day room where people can come in and get laundry done, uh, do their own laundry, and get on an iPad in our little internet cafe and hang out. And that's a really important space because it's about relationship. We can get into relationship with them and help find the needs that they need filled and connect them to other services in the community and so on. Um, and then we have classes and workshops and support groups and everything going on all day that's helping people to move forward. So there are a lot of moving pieces throughout the day in, in the mission right now, mm-hmm. and that's really exciting. Yes, it really is. You know, I do a lot of tours. Uh, people mm-hmm. come in, and, and I'll do a tour of the mission. And the number one line I get afterward is, I had no idea. Right. People really have no idea what we're doing there. They really don't. And that's part of why I wanted to have you on the podcast. Um, I really want people to know what you're doing there because I did go for a tour and I was blown away. And one of the things that impressed me most was the Life Path program. And I think it's really important for others to know about this program. Uh, So can you take a minute to walk us through exactly what that program is and how it works? Mm -hmm. You know, most people, I think, uh, believe that if you have a shelter, you're kind of three hots in a cot. You know, we're just giving people a warm bed and, and letting them do nothing. Right. And, and that is not the case at all. We want to get people off the street and get them safe, but we want to help them move forward to where they're sustainable, um, in the community as well. So part of, um, I, I saw a quote, uh, from CityGate network that we're a part of, and it said life transformation begins and ends with an S and they had eight S words, um, that, that kind of take you through that path. And, we loved it so much we decided to build our whole program around it. And so we have classes and support groups and so on under each of these eight S words. But the first one is safe. Uh, That's really getting people off the street, helping them to have good hygiene, um, get, see a doctor, um, eat healthy meals, just the things that the basics that we take for granted. Right. And then 
many of our guests, not all of them, but many of them uh, may have a sobriety issue. So we're building a recovery program. That one, we're not really there yet, but we're putting it together. Sure. But we don't need to do it all. There are some great organizations in our community. And so we're kind of building that with collaboration and filling in the pieces that are missing. So um, the next step is stable. And that's really mental and emotional stability. So many of the people that come to us have anger management issues or they never learned how to... um, you know, take care of their grief or their anxiety right. and there's trauma right. in their past sure. and we help them to work through that. And then they're schooled and skilled. And many people haven't finished high school. They may have no idea what kind of job they would be good at. So we want to help them to figure those things out and get the schooling or maybe um, be able to go to a trade school or whatever. And that's also a collaborative thing with so many of the great organizations that are in our community. Excellent. And that's another piece that we're still building. We've kind of beta tested this, I guess, for about a year and a half. When we get the larger shelter, we're going to really be able to go full force with this. But um, I don't have all the funding I need to do it the way that we really want to do it at this point. Well, the funding and also um, it's great to be able to kind of start where you're at with this program and then you have the ability to get the feedback get the responses see how things work and Mm -hmm. tweak along the way that's exactly it which is amazing Mm -hmm. and then uh, number six is secure that's really taking all that they've learned and finding that job being able to pay their bills every month and uh, so part of what we do is budgeting classes and uh, and so we work with them on all of that financing and then seven is settled helping them to get into a safe place of their own every night now for some that means you get a job you rent an apartment and you're good um, for others, it might be helping them to get into a care facility. Okay. Um, we have a high level of mental uh, illness sure. uh, in the people that we see. And some of the people we see just, they aren't ever going to be able to take care of themselves fully or rent an apartment. So sometimes that's what it is, or helping someone find um, a place to be for end-of-life issues. We're having mm-hmm. people come in who are really in end stages of some kind of an illness and and we need to help um, work with the county and find where they're best going to get the care they need nice and then the last is serving you know people in poverty are always dealing with the emergency right in front of them sure and they can't ever seem to look up and out and we find that when people are you know, in a good spot when they're healthy, they start looking at how they can serve the community again. Right, right. So really that's a, a degree of we want to keep up with people after they leave us and make sure that they don't bounce back. Okay. And when they're serving somewhere, we know that they're in a really good spot. So that's our eight S's and, and our life path. And we're still building it. We're excited about it. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, be able to build it even more when we get the larger shelter going. I love it because, um, like you mentioned, it's it's not you're you're not just an organization that brings individuals in and um, just continuously gives. You right. you do give, mm-hmm. 
so how am I trying to say this? <laughs> you're, you're actually walking side by side with these people on a journey. And that's what I love about it. You know, I watched uh, one of the videos a couple of weeks ago, and um, someone who's been part of the program uh, mentioned that some of these skills that you're you're actually teaching them, and um, the way that you're nurturing them, and and most mostly number three and number four stable and schooled, and number five skilled also. But the note the she made note of the fact that these are these are things that we should have, somebody should have stopped and taught us when we were younger, and for whatever reason that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, she's not unique in that right. way. And so I think that it's important that um, you guys are able to take that and, and to meet these people where they're at and to be able to assess their needs mm-hmm. and then to be able to meet those needs in this way. Needs are so unique, just as the individuals are unique. Oh, it, it totally is. You know, we, we like to boil things down to a really simple statement in our culture. And so often it's it's so much more than that. You know, homelessness and poverty, it's kind of like an onion. There's different layers yeah. that you have to peel back. And, yeah. and, you know, there are people we've worked with for years at Open Door that we're finally getting down to some core issues with them and helping them to go past those. But it's really easy to just fall out of a program or go get a job. People say, just go get a job. Well, our folks can get jobs. They can't necessarily hold them. Right. And it's easy for them to maybe want to volunteer somewhere in the mission and just work hard instead of working on their stuff. You know, I do the same thing. I I was just going to say that's that too is not unique to right. to members of the the mission. That's <laughs> all of us. That's all of us exactly. So so you know, it's hard work what they're going through, but right. if it was easy, we would have solved homelessness and addiction sure. and mental health and all of that. We would have had all of those solved by now. But it's really hard work and it takes a lot of relationship to walk through that with them. Right. What does the accountability process look like? Well, um, we learned something from another mission that we brought back here, and uh, it's called our ecosystem. It's our economy. And when people come in, they get an ID card with their picture on it, and it's front-loaded with points. Um, They use those points to pay for their bed and their meal and their care products or whatever it is that they need, their clothing. Um, Then when they go see their case manager or go to a class or a support group, or even if they're working a job, they get points. Um, And they have to keep a level of points in order to stay in our program. Now, if they run out of points, we don't go, sorry, you don't get to eat today. Sure, But it raises a conversation where we can say, why aren't you working the program? And then if, if they continue down that road, then we can help them find somewhere else to be. But they do have to keep some points and, and keep a positive uh, 
flow of those uh, in order to stay. And it really has been great accountability for people. And actually, some of them get really um, focused and want to keep a certain number of points, and, and they all <laughs> compete, which is kind of nice, too. That's uh, really as a, a form of uh, giving, giving people purpose mm-hmm. is what you guys do. And when people have purpose, they can keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, it, you know, it seems like the purpose kind of starts um, inward, and as they go through this transformation in the life path, like you said, they begin to look up and they begin to look outward. Mm-hmm. And they begin to, uh, you know, either develop or find that ability to start making life better for others mm-hmm. and becoming a positive contributor to the greater community. Yes. And, and you know, we start that really early in the process, really small. Every morning, there's a support group, and they are asked three questions. They, what are you doing today? What do you need help with? And how can you help someone else? That's amazing. And they go around the room, and and sometimes they can say, well, I can help you with that, or whatever it might be. And then at the end of the day, they come back, and they answer what they did, and how they helped someone, and so on. So... And, and they also add some gratitude to that. What happened today that you can be thankful for? Um, and it really keeps them going on a really positive note throughout their days and helping others. Questions that uh, we should all start the day with, right? I think we all get up and what are we doing today? And but there's that, that key piece. What am I going to do to help somebody else? What can I? And even if you don't know immediately, it's top of mind. So you can be aware as you go throughout your day. Where's that opportunity? Exactly. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> let's see. <laughs> I'm curious, um, what do you see is the biggest challenge facing individuals in need right now? And how is the open door meeting that big challenge? Wow, that's a big question. Um, I think if you put COVID into it as part of that, the biggest thing is relationship. Mm. Um, You know, we teach bridges out of poverty workshops at open door and it helps people to in the community to understand poverty as it relates to maybe middle-class or wealth and how do we do life? Well, we teach in this, that the driving force in poverty is relationship. Everything they do every day is about relationship Mm -hmm. and relationships are how they you know they can't count on their on money they can't count on their car or whatever but they can count on the people in their lives to help them and COVID has just destroyed that opportunity to come together and to um, read each other to Mm -hmm. you know have time with one another and it we're finding some of our numbers have gone down. So I know there are people out there who have needs who are just not coming in because they're afraid of COVID. So uh, that's probably the number one, the number one thing right now. Relational, you know, and I think that um, the same can be said for the volunteers and the staff. It's just relational 100% all around. We are relational beings. We were created to be in relationship. That's right. So um, 
you know, that, that travels to, that expands to the volunteers who come to give back and get so much more out of it than they anticipated because you begin to enter into relationship with the individuals that you're serving and it's so enriching. Yeah, that's what we get from our volunteers all the time. They thought they were coming to help and they got right. so much more back. <laughs> that's exciting. I, um, you know, I'm curious about your community room, um, mm -hmm. and we're getting to the expansion, but I, I just wanted to ask this question first, because you had talked about um, in, in the future, with part of, as part of the expansion, there will be offices set up um, on the side of your community room, and that is so that um, different businesses and organizations in the community have the opportunity to come in and um, be present and start to connect with and build relationship with other individuals who may need those services. Mm -hmm. So there's a process there. But I'm curious if any, um, if that's happening now without the office, are different businesses or organizations able to come in and connect with different people in the community, uh, in the community room as, you know, the open door community. And maybe that's not a possibility because of COVID, but. Uh, we're doing the best we can with it. Um, okay. Yes, we're very collaborative. We don't need to do it all. We just need to have a place right. that all of those organizations can come in and get in relationship with people and offer their services. So, Right now, we have a few organizations that are coming in okay. um, kind of sporadically. Uh, everybody is just struggling to keep up at this point. So, right. um, you know, I think about Warren Washington Association for Mental Health, for example. They're in and out of the building. I don't even know when people are coming in and out anymore. But okay. they're, they're kind of there. They might be in the dining room. Um, I've seen people like case managers from... Um, other organizations coming and meeting with our residents in our dining room nice. and filling out forms or whatever it okay. is that they have to do. Instead of having them go somewhere else, they can come there and take care of that. So we're doing a little bit of it, but not nearly what we want to see. Um, I, I just think that when that day room is full of people and there's, you know, other organizations coming and going and we can make quick connections with them, that it's going to change everything yeah. because, you know, um, again, people in poverty are very much about kind of, you know, they're creatures of habit and, sure. and they love coming to open door. They see us as their friends and, and to connect them to another organization sometimes is really difficult because they don't know them. They sure. aren't used to going to that facility, whatever. And to have that connection in our building and then help them get there. It, it makes all the difference. Right, right. So tell us about the expansion. I <laughs> this is a is a really big deal. Yes, yes. So, you know, people sometimes think we're done. Um, we're not done. This building is 40,000 square feet. Um, we have most of the ground floor done. Uh, everything but the, um, the chapel. And uh, then, so right now, we're in a $2 million phase. We got a $1.5 million grant um, and another $500,000 gift that helped us to start this piece. Okay. We probably got, we're, we're working on the numbers, maybe about $2.5 left. But 
we'll do it a little at a time. That's um, all. Huh? Yeah, that's all. It's just, <laughs> I can't believe I talk in numbers of millions, but right? I do. <laughs> um, but we've had to go small because, you know, really people didn't think we'd do this. And and we're getting there. Yeah. We're, we're really seeing huge changes in that building. So right now, the $2 million project that we're in, um, we've been, worked with AJA Architecture and Planning and Hilltop Construction, and uh, we're white boxing the second floor okay white boxing is like the perimeter you know so we're getting new windows in that space and the perimeter electrical and sheetrock just weatherizing it that's going to be our life path floor where we're going to have classrooms and uh, counseling offices and all of that it's just white boxing it we're going to have to go back and finish that but the exciting thing is the third floor, which is the 52-bed men's dorm. And that's what the $1.5 million grant was for. Um, 52 beds. And so there's going to be like kind of quads. So it's not like 52 men in one big room sleeping mm-hmm. and snoring right, together. Right. Um, but there's going to be some kind of semi-private space okay. so that if we need to quarantine somebody, there will be a space off of that. Uh, their security and so on. And uh, people ask me all the time, do we really need a 52 bed shelter in Glens Falls? Ask any social service provider if you if they think that we need 52 beds and they will say, yes, yes, yes. We need that. When is it going to be open? We have a waiting list right now for all of our beds. Uh, We can't get people in quickly enough. So, yes, we need that. And and if we want them to go through this program, they're going to have to stay a little longer, right? nine to 12 months, to really get to where they can go out and <clears throat> be successful instead of just putting a Band-Aid on it and sending them back out. And having them back in a few months later. Exactly, yeah. yeah we see that all the time. We want to stop that. Yeah, this is a long game, yeah. for sure. This yeah. is, um, like you said, there's we're not interested in a, a temporary fix in, in Band-Aid at, at any level. This is an investment, and, and it's an investment in these people, and it's an investment in our community. Yes, exactly that. We have to make people self-sustainable in order to keep our community sustainable. Right, mm-hmm. right. Well, I, I toured the expansion and uh, really am blown away, and I'm blown away by the generosity of the community. Yes and the gifts that have been given, and um, there's still more work to do. So we, uh, we ask that everybody keep going. <laughs> yeah. So the future, actually, what's coming after this 52-bed men's shelter, like I said, we still have to build out the chapel, and it'll be like a community room where we can do movie nights and, uh, you know, seminars and that uh-huh. kind of thing. Um, there's going to be a free health clinic, and, okay. and, you know, we'll have somebody on staff coordinating that, but it'll be run by volunteers. And then there's going to be a mental health center, which I would love to lease to somebody, you know, to an organization that would come in and use that and, and we'll collaborate in how we get our residents through. Um, there will, of course, be a bigger laundry <laughs> in the basement as well. And then um, there's going to be classrooms and job training rooms and counseling rooms and of course our staff offices have to 
go somewhere. Sure. Uh, there's going to be a library up there. Nice. And uh, it'll just, it'll complete it, and it'll give us the space we need for this Life Path program. It, it's going to be like going to school, and they'll be on that floor, you know, most of most of every day learning. So you've, um, on the tour, you had pointed out that the kitchen mm-hmm. um, is what's referred to as a test kitchen. Yeah, a culinary arts, like a culinary teaching kitchen. Yes, a teaching kitchen. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's, that's okay. <laughs> that's the right term. So uh, what's your vision for that? Well, um, we need to hire an executive chef when we can afford that. Um, right now, we've got some cooks that are just putting out meals every day, and they're doing great. But we want somebody to come in and be able to really teach people how to eat and cook healthily. Okay. Uh, you know, people in poverty get a lot of carbs and sure. and they get a lot of instant things. It's it's quick, it's easy, it's, you know, but we need to teach people how to eat vegetables. And so I can see that chef putting together a program for our residents, for the guests from the community, for the people in our food pantry. You know, I'd love to have a, a class days where you know the food pantry's open and we do I don't know what is it cute tomato season maybe and we do a recipe in front of them we teach nice. them to do it they try it they love it right. and we send them home with everything they need for that recipe that's how we're going to make some headway in helping people to learn to eat in a healthy way right but then if we get people who really want to get into the culinary um, industry um, then we'll connect with our local partners. You know, there's SUNY Adirondack and there's BOCES, and we'll connect and get them educated and get them a career. That's awesome. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking, um, you know, for individuals in our community who have passions that um, are focused on, you know, different Different, different things. I, mm-hmm. I hate using different the word areas, things, yeah. but I do find when I'm on this podcast, I'm typically at a loss for words. So I appreciate the grace. So the passion in the different areas. So if you've got individuals who are passionate about teaching individuals to read and that individuals should have access mm-hmm. to libraries and books and um passion, you know, individuals who are passionate about making sure that people know how to cook and, mm-hmm. and take healthy food and make that into, you know, something that they can enjoy. And um, individuals who are passionate about making sure that people have clothes on their back. I mean, there, there are so many facets in what you're doing. Individuals who are passionate about making sure that people are educated and as part of this um, Life Path program and can become self-sufficient and independent and then give back. Mm-hmm. I'm. What's coming to mind for me is that there are so many facets to what you're doing that individuals in this community can step forward and grab onto and say, you know what, I'm passionate about making sure that people have access to a library and access to books. Therefore, I want to contribute. I want to give. I'm passionate about making sure that people 
have an access to an education. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I, I want to give and I want to support. Do you see where I'm going mm-hmm. with this? I do. I do. I love it. Um, yes. There's so many ways that people can help. You know, we have tons of volunteer opportunities. And, you know, quite often it's just, you know, they can go in the kitchen and they can forget about all their stresses and just cut right. vegetables. Right. Or they can um, answer phones. You know, we, have, we always need somebody at the front desk. Um, they can be a driver on our truck. But then there's those higher level things that, you know, if you want to come in and, you know, you are able to help in the um, addiction program or uh, teach a class or teach somebody to read, you know, we need those folks one-on-one. And, and of course, there's our collaborative partners that we do work with too. But, you know, if you've got a passion we want to hear about it and yeah. we'll help you find that space in our program to to connect to connect to give yeah. back to give mm-hmm. of your time of your talent and your resources exactly. whatever you are able to give so i've i've connected with some individuals who are involved with the open door and many of them um there's a resounding theme to their they're volunteering and they're giving, and that is that they've had a friend or a family member who's experienced something that some of these individuals are experiencing, so whether it's homelessness, yeah. whether it's drug addiction, and their desire to give and their passion is born out of that. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's, uh, that's amazing uh, that y- they were able to take that that tragedy or that sad circumstance and turn that into helping somebody else in the community and making sure that others don't have to experience that pain, that heartbreak, that addiction, that, um, helplessness. Yeah. I, I have a friend who, who said that, you know, she lost her brother and, you know, it was through addiction and just, he had so much pain in his life toward the end. And, she said, if he'd had open door, I don't think we would have lost him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's why she's involved with open door. There's so many stories. It's amazing. But, you know, people can volunteer or can uh, email volunteer at opendoor-ny.org. You okay. can find it on our website. And we'll put it in the show notes too. Yeah, and, and if they just vol- um, send an email, then Lynn or Cheyenne will get back to them and, and help them get an orientation and find the spot for them. Sometimes you've got to try two or three, but right, we'll find sure. the spot for you. And of course, you know, people can give, um, you know, that's our biggest need always. And, uh, you know, I had somebody ask recently, like, oh, you know, you've got staff. Why, you know, like we shouldn't pay people. Instead, we should spend our money on food and so on. And we do. We get a lot of free food. Our biggest need is to pay those staff so that they can do the things right get in relationship and teach the classes and all of that because it takes such a a huge number of hours to walk through that with people so uh, that's always our biggest need but you know there's lots of opportunities for people to get involved whether to give or to serve how can businesses in the community help it's a great question. Um, you know, we have some great business partners, and uh, we're just so thankful for them. There's so many options. Sometimes they'll bring a group in to volunteer, 
oh, um, you know, okay. a group day, yeah, a volunteer which, day, te- you know, team building and it all is. of that. It's amazing. We have uh, a company in the area that, and I just had a complete um, blank on the name of the company, but uh, they're regular supporters of us and they actually pay their staff for eight hours to come and work w- nice. w- at their convenience. Nice. So uh, they can take a day off and come down and volunteer. Um, in-kind donations, you know, whatever the company does, if they, if it's something that we could use, they can donate it. Um, you know, we, we get paper donations and water donations and all of those things. And, uh, we've got a great space so we can take those and, and use them. Um, sometimes there's matching, um, you know, com- bigger yes, companies yeah. that do matches. Mm-hmm. So for example, I have, uh, a volunteer who recently just added up their hours and sent them into their company and their uh that company is going to donate because they've volunteered hours at our organization. Nice. Uh, so there's so many ways. Um, not just not just a lot of ways, but a lot of creative ways. Right. I like what I'm hearing. Yes. <laughs> Some ideas are stirring yeah. here. And then there's sponsorships, sponsoring our events. Um, you know, we have somebody now, uh, Matt, who is going to be working with businesses solely. And um, we're going to be doing some kind of a program where businesses specifically can um, can sponsor or help in some way with the life path program to oh, help nice. us fund that so if somebody was interested in in helping to move that forward then they should reach out to me or to Matt and we'll talk to them more about it awesome I will link to that contact information in the show notes too Thank you. In fact, we'll we'll try to get as many as much information out there as we can, Thank so you. that we can um, hopefully reach some individuals that want to connect with you. But you. I mean, th- there's just amazing opportunity here to, to be part of what you're doing, and I <laughs> I feel like uh, anybody in the community that doesn't get on board with what you're doing is you're, you're crazy not to be part of this because this is, um, this is going to be huge. I'm, I've, in the time that I've known you and have been talking and touring and I've, it didn't take long to catch the vision for sure. There's, that's, it's going to be, um, a machine in every positive sense of the word over there and just, uh, great things happening. And uh, if you got to have a tour, me, you gotta you've have got a tour. to have a tour yes. because you can't, you can't believe it. You just can't. You've got to have a tour. You've got to see for yourself. And you're going to walk through those doors and you're going to feel the transformation happening. And these individuals, you just, you have to, you have to be able to connect with people. You've got to see the space. I could just keep going on, but (laughs) take my word for it. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, you could just walk in, you might see me. But if you call ahead, then I'll get it on my calendar because I, I love nothing more than to give yeah. a community person a tour and let them see through that building. So so they should call us ahead. But if they okay. just pop in, somebody will give them a tour. Okay. For sure. All right. So best to call ahead. All right. Fantastic. Kim, thank you so much for being here and for being part of the podcast today and for sharing everything that's happening and just the the good news about what the open door mission is doing really appreciate it thank you and thank you listeners for joining us for today's episode 
We would love to hear from you. If you have any questions about the podcast or you know someone who's making a difference in our region, please take a minute to connect with us at justoffglen at gmail.com. And if you want to know when a new episode of the podcast drops, you can subscribe on Apple or Spotify. All right, listeners, we'll see you next time. We'll meet you here, Just Off Glen. Thanks for listening. This podcast was recorded at WorkSmart Coworking and Meeting Space in downtown Glens Falls and produced by Black Mountain Visuals. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Join us again next time. We'll meet just off Glen.